So welcome to today's energy show. Now, EVs or electric vehicles and hybrids have been evolving incredibly rapidly. I, I think the original Prius came out in the late 90s. The Tesla Roadster came out about 10 years ago. The Model S came out about five years ago. Then we had the Nissan Leaf and the Chevy Volt and several others. You know, all the auto companies are coming out with, with EVs of one kind or the other. Now, Although recently the Tesla Model 3 has been getting a lot of press attention, the current EV to beat, in my opinion, is the Chevy Bolt. Now, I wish they came up with a name that sounded quite a bit different than Volt, but it's called the Bolt. All right, so this week's energy show talks about the big EV improvements that we've seen and then how Chevy has really, I think, leapfrogged the pack with their new car. Now, candidly, I think that this new Bolt obsoletes many of the other pure EVs. Now, I'm a little biased because I drive a 2014 Chevy Volt. That was the second generation of the Volt. And the Volt is actually a hybrid. It has a gas engine to, that works as a generator to drive the electric motor. And that gives it a range of about 280 miles. That's combined gas and electric. The electric side of it is a 16 and a half kilowatt hour battery pack that's good for about 35 miles. Now, I got the Volt. Because although my commute to work is only about, you know, 8 to 10 miles, so it's like, you know, 15, 20 miles a day, and I can charge up at the office, about once a week, I've got to drive farther. Yeah, I got to drive maybe 60 or 70 miles, or sometimes I go to San Francisco, and that's 120 miles round trip, San Francisco to San Jose and back. So except for a Tesla, no electric vehicle has that 120-mile range. And, you know, for a variety of reasons, I really wasn't looking at buying a Tesla. It was, it was expensive, and it was a little bit of an overkill, and I, I kind of had my car for work. So it's absolutely amazing progress that we've seen in the electric vehicle industry over the last 10 years since Tesla rolled out their original Roadster. Progress in terms of much lower costs and progress in terms of increased range. So as a current electric vehicle driver, here's what I look for. You know, I'm looking for a basic car. I want something that's that's reasonably priced. I need something that, that has range that matches my daily commute, which is easy, and my occasional longer necessary drives. I want decent styling. I want reliability. And the Chevy Bolt does well. It exceeds really great on some of these criteria. And others, it's okay. So just basically looking at the price of the Chevy Bolt starts at 37495 but on top of that, you get a $7,500 federal tax credit, and you may still be able to get a $1,500 state tax credit. Like when I got my Volt, I got a $9,000 combined federal and state tax credit. So that meant the, the car cost me less than $40,000. So as a result, the Bolt's relatively affordable. It's going to cost you about $30,000. Plus, you probably get financing from GM, and you get really good range, 238-mile range. So I, I did a quick calculation here. Just kind of comparing the dollars of cost of the car divided by the miles of range. And basically, the lower the number, the better. So this 37495 for the Bolt divided by the 238-mile range, that means the Bolt has $157 per mile of range. Now, let's compare that to the Nissan Leaf. $30,680 with 107-mile range, that's 287 dollars per mile. Now you can get really great deals on leases and they're coming out with a newer one. And I thought about getting a leaf because it, you know, it had like the best range at the time, but my wife said, no, it was too weird looking with those bug eye headlights. And also I couldn't drive it back and forth from San Jose to San Francisco. So not quite as good as the bolt in terms of dollars per mile. 
the BMW i3. Very cool car, good performance. It has like a little range extender gasoline engine and kind of limp you home. But that's 42400 with 80 miles of range. That's $530 per mile. Now, what about the Tesla Model 3? It's not out yet. That starts at 35000 That's their current price with 215 miles of range. So that works out to be $163 per mile. So the Tesla Model 3, very close to the Bolt. But then again, the Bolt has been shipping for six months, and the Tesla Model 3 is not coming out till later this year. And, you know, I guess the Tesla's shipping in quantity probably going to have more range. It's probably also going to cost a little bit more for the key options. Now, kind of just for comparison, the new Chevy Volt is $33,000. It's got a 53-mile range instead of a 35 on my older one and 367 miles of gas range. So you can go over 400 miles in the new Volt, and that's good for long trips. And the reason is like, you know, really batteries are good, but nothing beats gasoline for energy density. And that one one gallon of gas can really get you a pretty long distance. Well, actually, maybe enriched uranium might have more energy density than gasoline, but it's not too practical in a car. All right. So as an electric vehicle driver, here's some of the things that you want to think about when it comes to range. If you have only one car, you're going to need a lot of range. Otherwise, you really can't drive too far. Some, somebody asked me, gee, you know, what if I drive to LA? Well, you know, that's, that's kind of far. Now, that EV, if you have two cars, you get almost any EV is going to work as long as you have well-defined daily commutes. Now, the other thing is, if you have a pure EV, you always want to have some extra range. I'll, I'll kind of talk about that more in a minute. So let's look at the example of driving from San Francisco to Los Angeles in an EV. It's about 400 miles. There's no EV that can make that trip in one shot. You know, even the Tesla, 250 mile, 300 miles of range, um, you can't make it. But you can charge on the way at one of the Tesla superchargers, but that supercharger is going to kill, you know, half an hour if, if you can get a spot or maybe an hour or more. So it's going to add an hour to the trip. With a gas car, no problem. You can make it, you know, on a single tank in some cars. On a hybrid, like a Volt or a Prius, you can probably make it all the way, you know, if you're careful, because the, the, the Volt has a gas engine, the Prius has a gas engine and hybrid, um, or any kind of economy car. Usually you can go about 400 miles, 350 miles, so you can do it. And if you run, you know, it's easy to just, you know, fill up the tank when you get to the grapevine just north of LA. So the gas engines will make it. Electric vehicles can't make it from, you know, these long, you know, five or six hour trips. Now, another issue about range, and this is something that you don't realize until you have an electric vehicle and until it happens to you, and it's a bummer, is if you come home from work and you have one of the limited range EVs, every single day, you got to plug that car in to charge it. And if you forget to plug the car in to charge it, you wake up in the morning, you go out to your car, you get in, and and it's like, bummer, I don't have enough battery power, I don't have electricity to get to work. All you can do is plug it in and wait until the thing charges up. And that's happened to me where I kind of forgot to plug in my Volt. The good thing is I still had a gas engine, no problem getting to work. The good thing about the Bolt with that 238 miles of range is you don't need to charge it every day. I mean, you know, if you have like a 30-mile commute, 60 miles round trip, you know, just charge it every two or three days. And a good habit to have is every single time you come home, plug it in and charge it up. And we'll talk more about when you should do that charging. All right. The other thing... Okay, um, I'm going to back up a little bit. Uh, Cross off the part where I said we'll talk more about when you charge it. Now, when you charge up the car, 
most electric rates in California, and this is happening in other states too, there's special electric vehicle rates. And what's special about those rates? The electricity rate is really, really low, kind of in the middle of the night. So California has an EV rate where the electric rate is 11 cents a kilowatt hour from 11 p.m. at night to 7 a.m. in the morning. Well, the utilities love to do that because not a lot of people are using electricity in the middle of the night. They might as well sell it and encourage people to charge then. And it's great for EV owners because instead of charging at an average rate of 25 cents a kilowatt hour, or sometimes, you know, the peak rate over 40 cents a kilowatt hour, you can charge really, really inexpensively. And all of the chargers and all of the cars have timers built in. So you can plug that car in when you come home from work at six o'clock and it won't start charging until 11 o'clock at night. So very elegant, very automatic, and really, really a good way to, to save. The other thing is these EV rates work terrifically well with solar. Okay. Now, the other thing about electric vehicle range, and this is another thing that you learn once you get an EV, is it varies tremendously depending on the temperature, depending on the weather. Now, there's two reasons for that. The first reason is the climate control works from battery power. You don't have an engine. So in a normal car in the winter, the engine is, you know, cranking out heat. You've got a radiator, you've got hot water in there, and you basically just run that hot water through a heat exchanger, a little radiator, and that hot hot water blows over a fan and you and get some hot air in the car. So basically, in the winter in an ordinary car, you're heating the inside of the car from the waste heat from the engine. But with an EV, you don't have any waste heat. The only way to do that is actually run an electric heater or run a, you know, some kind of heat pump or a compressor. So you're using a lot of battery power to heat the car. And you get less range because there's less battery power to run the car. In the summer, same thing, except it's backwards. You're running an air conditioning compressor from the battery. So you get less efficiency. And you can just, you know, people who drive EVs, they notice in the summer, if you're running the air conditioning, you want to keep the car at 74 degrees and it's 90 degrees out, your range goes down by 10 or 20%. In the winter, if you want to keep the car, you know, 70 degrees or so, and it's, it's 30 degrees outside, your range goes down 10 or 20%. Now, the other factor is that some of the batteries actually need to be heated. So the batteries start heating themselves, and there's, once again, waste heat that goes into the batteries. And you need that in, in the cold weather because batteries just don't work so well when it's cold. And, and I've had situations where I was like 90 degrees outside. It was this weekend where I wanted to maximize my range in the Volt because I was low on batteries and low on gas. So I rolled the windows down, and it was kind of really hot inside the car. My wife said, hey, roll the windows back up, turn on the AC, we'll just go get some gas. So, you know, it was kind of easy. So driving an EV is different compared to a gas or hybrid car. All right, now what about the styling and the utility of the Chevy Bolt? Now, I kind of look at this car and I say, this is a really practically designed car. It's not really sexy. Car and Driver calls it dweeby, um, and I kind of agree with that characterization. The, the Bolt is designed to handle five passengers, so there's two seats in the front, three seats in the back. It's got five doors. You know, the hatchback is one plus two doors on either side. It's pretty spacious inside for four passengers. It's a bit of a squeeze for five. Now, you know, just to, as a remark, in my Chevy Volt, the older Volt, the battery actually takes up the middle rear seat. So it's really, it's only a four passenger car, but that's okay because I hardly ever drive with more than two people. All right. As far as the driving position in the Bolt, it's very good. It's kind of got a, a tall roof. It's kind of high. So it's good for tall drivers. And it's a hatchback. So compared to the other EVs, it's got 56.6 cubic feet of space. It's much more than a Leaf or an i3 and the Chevy Volt. Now, I got one little aside here. 
able to put a full-size solar panel inside a Chevy Volt. Only one panel. I got to slide the seat all the way up, but it fits. I don't think you can fit a solar panel inside any other EV. Just a kind of remark there. I care a lot about solar. All right. So the Bolt, once again, it's designed to be an inexpensive car. It's not a luxury car. It doesn't have fancy leather and wood and that kind of thing. In fact, you know, people characterize it as being kind of cheesy with cheesy plastic and poorly padded seats and things like that. But it's an economy car. Chevy put the money into the battery, into the EV to make it an affordable EV. They didn't spend a lot of money on the styling and the trim. You know, I kind of think back to the original Prius and some of the others. And a lot of these are are early cars, the EVs. The auto manufacturers kind of decide that it's going to appeal to a subsection of the market, and they don't make them really sexy, highly styled. They make them looking kind of quirky, and and that's what the Prius was, other cars were, and that's the way the Bolt is too. It's not a mainstream looking really cool car. Now, from a performance standpoint, once again, I kind of characterize it as an economy car. It's got decent acceleration. EVs have good acceleration at the really low end. You step on the gas, you get instant torque, you can spin the tires. That kind of, the acceleration kind of peters out once you get over 40 or 50 miles an hour. Acceleration for the the Bolt is six and a half seconds to 60 miles an hour. It's pretty good. It's not great for passing because if you're going 60 miles on the highway and you want to speed up to 70, it's going to take you a while because it just doesn't have that high-end power. From the standpoint of turns and, and that kind of performance, it's got a low center of gravity because this is the way the, the Bolt was designed. The batteries are in the floor pan of the car, same thing the Tesla did. So it really kind of helps keep the center of gravity very, very low. But the tires aren't these wide, fat tires. These are energy saver tires. They're not designed for handling. They're designed for like really good mileage. So it's not a performance car, but that's not who it's appealing to. Now, from a reliability standpoint, my experience and experience of other people, all EVs are inherently reliable. I've never heard of anybody blowing an engine blowing an electric motor. Although, you know, I know lots of people that have you know messed up their gasoline motor because they just didn't take care of it, didn't put oil in. From a maintenance standpoint, since there's no engine, there's very, very low maintenance. There's no gasoline. There's no cooling system. There's no alternator. There's no water pump. There's no belts. There's no pulleys to drive the accessories. It's all very, very simple. I saw a comparison some in some place where a gasoline engine and all the accoutrements, the, the parts on the sides, a thousand moving parts, electric motor, three moving parts. I can kind of count two. I don't know what the third one is, but really, really simple. And from a maintenance standpoint, my three years of owning a Volt, I only brought it in for service once, just once. And that was to change the oil in the gas engine. So if it was a pure EV, I would have never had to bring it in for service. I mean, I could change the wipers and things like that to the tires myself. The Bolt is going to be even better than the, the Volt. And, you know, it's going to be typically like any pure EV. Now, what about safety features? Well, let's look at the, the newer cars are getting better and better and better. The, the Bolt has, you know, what I consider state-of-the-art safety features. It has a rear view mirror video camera display and also a regular mirror. So that's kind of cool. The mirror can kind of show you video from the back or just a regular reflection. It has forward collision alert that beeps at you if you're going to, you know, thinks it's going to hit something. And it also has something called the emergency braking system. That means that if they see a collision that's imminent, it's going to emergency break. I call that the text break. So, you know, some idiot that's texting and then there's a car that stops in front of them. It's going to help minimize that collision. And boy, every single day that I drive in on the highway, I see cars pulled over where there's a, on the highway where there was a rear collision. And you got to know it's from somebody in the back texting and didn't know somebody slowed down in the front. The Bolt also has a following distance setting. So it's like a cruise control. You can say, all right, you know, set the distance at, you know, 200 feet or, or three seconds, whatever. It has 
has a lane keeping system. So it beeps if you go out of the lane without signaling. And then it also gently nudge the steering back into the lane if you don't signal. And the, the way that works is there's video cameras in the side mirrors and it can watch the lines. And it makes sure that you're kind of you know aligned. And if you kind of go out of the lane and there's a car next to you, it's going to push you back. It also has blind zone alert. That's something really helpful. It has surround vision. So it's really good for parking. There's a camera in the front the back and the sides, so you can kind of see how to park. You don't have to park the way I learned, which was by Braille. Well, not really. Okay. And it has 10 airbags. From an, an infotainment system, 10.2-inch color screen. It has really cool radio capabilities, MyLink, Sirius, OnStar. It has CarPlay with either the iPhone or the Android. It has a mobile Wi-Fi hotspot, so your passengers can kind of play around with Wi-Fi. Cars have kind of become, you know, rolling living rooms, but they're still designed to drive. And, you know, I think sometimes all these infotainment things are really more of a distraction. Now, let's talk about technical features. A couple of the important ones, one, one I think is really important, is for an extra $750, you can get a fast charging DC port. So normally the Bolt and the Volt charges up from 120 volt house current or 240 volt level two charger that runs at I think 30 or 40 amps. You can get a 50 kilowatt charger that runs at a higher current that just charges DC for $750. Obviously you're gonna need a special charger for that or um, there's these uh, public chargers that are cropping up. But if you need to charge the whole thing up in half an hour instead of three hours, that's a good way to do it. All right. Now, the, the reason why the Bolt has such good range is it has a monstrous battery. It's the same size battery as, I think, the original Tesla. It's a 60 kilowatt hour lithium ion battery. I mean, comparison, my Volt has a 16 and a half kilowatt hour battery. That's good for 35, 40 miles. The 60 kilowatt hour battery in the Bolt, that's how they can get 238 miles of range. Now, a couple of other specifications. It's got a 200 horsepower electric motor that puts out 266 foot-pounds of torque. You know, that's a pretty good-sized motor, and that's why you can move the car uh, to zero to 60 in six and a half seconds. Now, the big question for the Bolt is how does it compare to the Model 3? I mean, Chevy's out there right now saying, hey, if you want a, an affordable, long-range car, get the Bolt. Tesla's out there saying our Model 3 is really, really cool. It's better. And I, I kind of did a quick comparison between the Bolt and the Model 3. It's not entirely a fair comparison because one's shipping and one's not, but there's some people that are going to wait for six months or so until the Model 3 ships. So just kind of in summary, the Tesla, according to the current pricing, is $2,500 less than the Bolt. The Tesla is going to have autonomous driving features, and I'm not sure whether the, those are going to be standard or not, but it's going to be built into the Tesla product. The Tesla has over-the-air updates, and I don't know if Chevy's doing that with the Bolt, but Tesla makes a big point about that. They can kind of, you know, fix the car just with an internet connection, and the, all the cars have that connection. The Tesla can fast charge at any supercharger station. It's kind of a question of whether or not that's going to cost Model 3 owners extra money or how they're going to charge for it. The original Model S and Model X customers from Tesla got free supercharger access, but you know we'll see how they handle that with the Model 3. The Model 3 is a little bit zippier. You know, no doubt about it, the Model 3 looks cooler and has a better interior, but it's not out yet. And by the time it ships in volume, the Bolt may actually be upgraded. All right, so what about the future of EVs? Now, the initial criticism that, of EVs that they were more expensive. The batteries were indeed expensive that made up for higher costs, but the fuel and maintenance savings have closed the gap. So depending on the price of gas and electricity and gas prices have been going up, it's actually about the same right now between gas car and an EV car. So if you run the numbers, 
if gas is three and a quarter a gallon, that's what I filled up at yesterday, and you have a, a, a small car that gets 45 miles a gallon, it's going to cost you, you're going to get 14 miles of range per dollar of gas. Now, with electricity at 25 cents a kilowatt hour, and you say you get three and a half miles per kilowatt hour, kind of typical, it's also 14 miles per dollar of electricity. So, you know, in many ways, it's about the same. If you get cheap gas, gas is better, but a lot of people around the country are able to get cheaper gas, and a lot of people around the country don't pay 25 cents a kilowatt hour. Heck, in California, if you charge at the EV rate, it's only 11 cents, and heck, if you have solar, you're charging at six cents. So if you have an EV, my advice is charge from solar, or charge at a free charging station. Some companies offer those free charging stations. Or charge at night on the EV rate at 11 cents a kilowatt hour. Don't charge from a public charging station because they don't actually charge per kilowatt hour. They charge per hour. And you're going to find that you're ending up spending maybe 50 or 60 or 90 cents a kilowatt hour for electricity. Three or four times more than it costs if you charge it up at home. The best thing by far and you know, no surprise for me to say this, is if you have solar or you're thinking about solar, install an extra five or 10 solar panels to handle your daily commute. That way your costs for the solar electricity are going to be less than six cents a kilowatt hour compared to what the average is in California for 25 cents a kilowatt hour. All right. Well, that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks to all of our listeners for joining us today. And if you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamonsolar.com and listen to the podcasts.